Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Setting and Achieving Sales Goals. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod three six eight. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am just so excited to speak with today's returning guest. She was back on the podcast in November, and based on the work that she does, we really wanted to get her back to talk to you guys kind of this time of year. So I'm really glad that we could find a time that worked for both of us. She's the author of five best-selling books, Attracting Perfect Customers, The Power of Strategic Synchronicity, Chi to Be, The Power of Yes, How Network Marketing Creates Dream Lives, The Power of Yes Presents, Building Your Network Marketing Business Without Leaving Your Comfort Zone, and her latest, which is Selling from Your Comfort Zone, The Power of Alignment Marketing. In addition to her work as an author, she's a business and management coach, a recruitment expert, and a prolific speaker. She's the founder of Success with Stacey Hall, helping leaders attract and retain a team of salespeople who are aligned with the company's vision and mission and actually achieve sales success. Welcome back to the show, Stacey Hall. It is thrilling to be here with you, Elizabeth. Thank you. I just gave an intro of you. You were on the show back in November, so our regular listeners might have remembered you, and I'm sure they do. But for all of the new listeners who started to listen to the podcast in January, welcome. We, we love you. Could you introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Well, sure. You did a great job for me, but I will go ahead and, and share a little bit about my background. Um, where I'm at today is I love helping entrepreneurs, business owners, transform themselves into wisdompreneurs. In other words, to be paid for what comes out of their mouth that they're usually giving away for free. And how I got here was because I came up, I'm, I'm older, you know, than social media. <laughs> so my experience has, was always face-to-face, as they used to say, belly-to-belly, network marketing meetings, speaking from stages, writing books, you know, that's how you got your message out before. Now, it is so much easier to do so. What happens is a lot of times, Elizabeth, and this is about my background too, we see what other people are doing and we want to do that, but we don't because it's too scary or we don't have the steps to get And so I'm all about helping people identify first what is their comfort zone and how to expand it rather than get outside of it. Because there's so many different ways to get our messages out to the world in a way that feels satisfying and in integrity with our core values and with our strengths and our skills. I hope that helps explain who I am and what I'm about in the future. And that's all that matters to me at this point is looking forward and how can I be of service? Absolutely. That's such a wonderful kind of thesis statement and mission that you have. And I think of so many people I've known over the years, especially in the world of sales, who feel like they have been pushed out of their comfort zone and feel like sometimes they've been asked to do things that maybe don't align with their values. And so the the work that you do and the focus that you have on working within your comfort zone and achieving your goals and getting to where you want to be is a really exciting thing because I think it aligns with what people want now, which is to feel like I'm living a complete life. I am personally satisfied with what I do. I'm proud of myself. I don't feel like I have to leave myself behind when I start my workday. And all of that is really related to that sense of a clear understanding of your comfort zone and whether or not your work fits into it. Yeah, absolutely. That That is the freedom. I mean, I'd, I'd say we are in the freedom <laughs> era. Uh, I haven't heard anybody call it that before, but that's that's what I say is that whatever limitations the world used to put upon us or the, most of us used to think were put upon us, we now know that's not true. We can go in any direction we want and we will find a pathway that's open to us. Definitely. Definitely. It's um, exciting. 
scary for some people, but it's a it's a really interesting place to be. So as I mentioned in the intro, we last spoke back in November and we're looking now it's, you know, winding up to the end of January. Time flies pretty quickly. And a big part of your work is helping clients schedule for success. I know that's a term that you use. That's a, that's a theme of your work. And when I think of schedules, when I think of planning and goal setting January, right, everybody thinks about and talks about setting goals in January, whether that's setting New Year's resolutions or developing an annual plan for your business, for your territory. And what we've seen over the years, and I'm sure many listeners can think of specific examples where they've had this happen, by late January, early February, a lot of people have fallen short and they're they're off track of their goals. They're, they're maybe giving up completely or they're thinking that they're failures, they're, you know, judging themselves for it. And I wanted to just start with a big question that will that will probably spark a lot of discussion, which is why don't resolutions seem to work? Oh my goodness. All right. Well settle in. <laughs> this is a conversation that I've been having with folks for I don't even know how many years. Every year, a long time ago, I really sat down to think about what does the word resolution mean? And and Elizabeth, if anybody, I actually recorded 11 reasons why resolutions don't work. So, and if any, yeah, I know you're going to give contact information out. If anybody wants that series of videos, let me know. They're very short. It, here we go. Resolution means to resolve something that was not solved before, right? That's it. That's what a resolution is. Didn't get it done last year. I'm resolving to do it this year, get it solved this year. And by itself, saying that is nothing. There's no actions involved in that. It's a declaration. But declarations without supportive actions disappear. Declarations disappear without support. And that's why I say, and if you're going to make supporting actions to a resolution or a declaration, then it's no longer just a declaration. It's a goal. So if it's a goal, now we've got to find a place where that goal fits into our life, the life that we've already got going, right? So we have different elements of our life, or as I like to say, different parts of our life. We have our family, we have friends, we have pets, we we have money goals, we have goals for fun, we have goals for self-care and for our own spiritual development or our faith. We cannot keep track of all of that. We think we can, but we can't in our brains. Our brains, our mind are not designed for that. They, they, it is not a filing cabinet. It seems like it is, but then try to find something, you know, try to remember something or find in the files up there something you really want to remember. It's like, I know it's in there somewhere. It's like a junk drawer. And, and I may be going over, remember, I, I prepared you so I could go on and on. But so let me stop there before I finish the rest of this thought and say, Elizabeth, is, is that making sense so far? Absolutely. And I think that that clarification of the word resolve is so important because, as you said, it, you're resolving a situation, a problem from the past. And so there's there's some element of I'm going to use the example that that I think is most easily understood when it comes to personal resolutions of maybe losing weight. Or when it comes to your business, an example of a goal that somebody might set is to get your pipeline to a certain amount or close a certain number of of deals or a certain value of new business. And by its very nature, what that's saying is I'm not happy with the current situation, right? I I have a lifestyle, I have habits personal habits that are leading me to be the weight and size that I am. I have work habits and relationships and everything that is leading me to the current sales results that I am creating. And on its own, I could say I want to be, you know, a ballerina for the New York City Ballet. That's That could be a resolution. I am not one. Um, making that a resolution doesn't exactly accomplish a lot. And I could look back, you know, five minutes from now and say, I'm not going to achieve that. So I, I like that, that first, just the word itself isn't, 
isn't doing a lot of work for us. And that idea of kind of, you know, it's the junk drawer. It's just, just pulling random ideas together. I, I've even seen prompts for New Year's resolutions where people say, okay, set a goal for, you know, what are your financial goals? What are your family goals? And sometimes it feels that that people just set goals because they think they have to. You know, I should say what weight I want to be at the end of the year. Well, should you? <laughs> does does that matter to you? And it, you end up with these long lists of goals that you don't necessarily connect to, don't necessarily matter to you, or or you don't have a plan for success. That's exactly where I wanted to take this because you know, if you have the goal, it just becomes one more thing that goes in the junk drawer. Good luck to find it. So what I always tell my clients is we're not setting goals. I know you've got them. I know you think you're supposed to have them. And that's fine. We'll get there. But first, I want to know the parts of your life and the priority order they're in. What is the first part of your life that right now you want to give the most attention to? So let's say we're, we're, I'm talking to a mompreneur. I have many of them who are my clients. And I said, I understand. You've got a business. You've got family. You've got other things in your life. Tell me, what is the first priority? Not the first goal, but the first part of your life that you want to give the most attention to right now? Now tell me. You, it might be children. Sometimes it's actually money because to them, the money allows them to be able to do what they need to do for their children and their kids aren't teeny tiny. But let's say this mom is a mompreneur and her children are very young. Usually she'll say, my children, I have to get the most attention. I say, I understand. So let's make sure that everything that you want to do for your children, all the goals you have and all the activities that are required to achieve those goals are put on a calendar, like you're actually assigning time to taking the kids to school, preparing their lunches and their dinners and their breakfasts, getting their hair cut, taking them to soccer. All those activities must be on the same calendar where you're also going to put other activities. But first, those activities have to be on that calendar. That's such an important clarification and such a change from what often happens because and I'm probably taking taking a step forward and let me know if we need to if we need to back up but what happens a lot is you have a calendar of work stuff of goal stuff of all the things that, that you want to accomplish in your goals and then you have to do the, the other stuff too and it's really easy to just have one fall off because the other is more important in the moment and is more necessary. And so what happens is it just doesn't get done. You know, if I've got, if I have a goal to to make calls or I have a goal to, you know, do a podcast interview or whatever it might be, but my kids need food and my priority is my kids because kids need to be fed. They, they can't, you know, little ones can't cook their own food. Then it's just going to happen that I might have to cancel a meeting. I might have to to make some changes in order to accomplish that goal of prioritizing my family. But if I've put a plan together that says, okay, I know that I need to feed kids three meals a day, you know, seven days a week, have snacks available, whatever, whatever your plan is, what can I do to meal plan, to prep, to have certain things available such that it's not a surprise that comes up that, oh my goodness, it's lunchtime and there is no lunch. But instead, it's just part of the the schedule. I've I've meal prepped. We have everything that we need. And so on this day at this time, they need meals and they are in the fridge. They are whatever. And that you're kind of preventing in advance the derailing that so often can happen. That's exactly you hit the nail on the head is the reason so many people are in overwhelm is they've failed to plan their priorities. They've set goals, they've created activities to be productive, but they've not put them in priority order. So getting back to resolutions, once I'm using this woman as the role model again, she's put all the activities that she can foresee. Of course, there's going to be unexpected things. There always are with children. But what she can foresee is on the calendar. Then she can see the open spots on that calendar. 
Next, she goes to what is her second priority? Then the second priority might be making money, her business. So then she looks at what are all the goals I have for making money? And what are all the activities that I want to do for making money? And then she's going to prioritize those. What has to come first? What activities are required? So let's say she's going to host a, or she's going to record a course to be sold. Well, the recordings require time to make those recordings and the writing of the copy and the and then putting them somewhere where they can be housed and accessed and then creating the sales funnel. All of those activities are towards one goal of selling her course and making a certain amount of money. So all those activities then get scheduled on the calendar. So we're getting to resolutions because if a resolution, a declaration isn't high up on the priority ladder, it's like tailing there at the end. It's going to, it's not going to get attention. It's like, it's, it's like reasonable. It's logical. It's not going to get attention unless it is made into a priority somewhere as part of the life. And that, Elizabeth, is the reason why resolutions never get resolved. They're never made priorities. That's it's so simple. And yet, again, I think we can all think of examples. If I create a list of goals and I haven't thought about priorities, I haven't thought about my comfort zone, I haven't thought about my lifestyle, I might say in there, I want to be the best parent I can be, or I want to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 50 pounds, right? Or I want to get my pipeline to this stage. But then life happens. And even if you haven't identified your priorities, your priorities are going to come out. And if it's unexpected, it's going to be more disrupt. So if I have any regular responsibilities and it's important to me to complete them and I don't have them on my calendar and I, I don't even have <laughs> achieving my goals on my calendar, it's always going to be a disruption. And I'm always going to find something else that gets in the way. So then you look up at, at your goals. Maybe it's three months in, six months in at the end of the year. And you're like, wow, I didn't lose that weight or I didn't sell that thing. And then you can realize it was, it always got pushed to the side. And if it always got pushed to the side, what that means is it wasn't a priority. And I didn't evaluate my priorities because when you're having this initial planning, this initial prioritization, and alignment of goals to priorities, you might find, you know what, this is important to me. My physical health, maybe, you know, going back to that mompreneur, I need to be able to chase after my, my active children and keep up with them. And I need to feel healthy in order to do that. So I might not really resonate with a number of pounds to lose, but I might resonate with and, and can align some health-related goals to being the best parent I can be and be able to find ways to be active and engaged with the kids and achieving both of those at the same time. And so it really does create more opportunity for combining and, and getting more out of certain activities, as well as kind of evaluating when it comes to the kinds of activities that you're, that you're thinking of, what, what does this actually mean to me? rather than I set the goal because I feel like I should. Um, how does it actually connect? And that's such a, such a powerful, almost reframing of goal setting. Well, I'm so glad. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, everybody who, who does this, that I've ever taught this to, says exactly what you said. It gives us permission. You know what? This is really what's most important to me right now. If this gets done, I'll feel satisfied. And it also becomes, Elizabeth, an easy way to say no to people without feeling guilty. See, not many people, um, and, and I'm going to actually share one right now. So I knew that a friend was coming into town, gave me a general date, hasn't been in touch since. Arrived, got a message yesterday that they're now in town. I'm stressed out on your behalf just hearing that. It's just, it's not going <laughs> to stress me, okay? I've, I know what my priorities are and I went ahead and scheduled them. And if I had 
I had asked for information in advance. It didn't come. So I go ahead and schedule what are my other priorities. You know, if in seeing this person would have been nice, non-equal to my other priorities. So when the message came, hey, I'm here. Can you get together, you know, the next 24 hours? I'm like, this is what I got going on. It would have been great to see you. And this is what the status is now. No guilt. Mm -hmm. It's not personal. Yeah, it will. A little bit. I'm not going to say it's, you know, I think you can hear it in my voice. There's a bit of disappointment. But, you know, what that also tells me is at the other end, meeting with me was not a priority either. Because it was higher on the priority list, there would have been more time, right? But how many times do we do things because of shoulds, because we think we should, or, or if I think I can move something, and then we accommodate someone else And then there we are, you know, up late at night trying to get something done because we're like, oh, shoot, I forgot. I did have that to do. So this calendar, which I actually call an an agreements book, Elizabeth, it looks like a calendar, like a planner, but it's my agreements book. When I put something in there, I'm making an agreement with myself. It's, It's so simple in one way, you know, when you say it. But it's it's such a different interpretation. And what I often find, and this goes to, to scheduling in general, we don't schedule time to achieve our goals. Or if we do, it's the first thing that gets blown off. So I'll, I'll go to the example of sales because that's, that's our, our area of focus. And say you have decided that you want to make cold calls. I'm not sure that that's probably the best strategy for for people in 2023, but let's say it works in your in your business. Um, maybe maybe it's not cold calls. Maybe you're going to do outreach on LinkedIn, right? And first of all, is it even on your calendar? <laughs> so often it is not, and you're just like, oh, I'm going to do it this week sometime. I'll I'll fit it in in between. Guarantee you that that's very unlikely to happen. But maybe you you've learned that lesson and so you do the next thing which is i'm going to put a block on my calendar on tuesday at 2 p.m. i'm going to do this linkedin outreach and if it's not a commitment to yourself it's if it's not something that you take seriously the first thing that comes up that's going to need that time you know oops an email came in and somebody wants a quote from me this other thing came in and i need to put this thing together and you just blaze right through that time slot and it's Tuesday at 4 p.m. and you have made no calls, you have sent no LinkedIn messages. And, you know, sometimes things do come up and and that's fine. That's life. But if you're really viewing this as a commitment to yourself, then what you're going to do is say, OK, I didn't I wasn't able to do it on Tuesday at two o'clock. I have a time slot on Wednesday at one and I'm going to make sure that I move it. And there's a, just such a such a key distinction there of really viewing that as a promise that you're making as opposed to my needs come last, my my self-directed priorities come last, and I just need to respond to what people are specifically asking for from me. Yeah, that's I mean, you just ex- explained it so beautifully and perfectly. Thank you. It's something that, again, I see so many people really, really struggle with. And especially, I think you've identified some of the key, you know, it's going to be small business owners. It's going to be um, people who have family commitments and other, you know, key responsibilities. It's it's really easy to put your own priorities in second place because you don't want to be selfish. You want to be, you know, meeting all of your obligations and, and supporting the people that you're responsible for. And that, that's noble and that's important and you need to do that. But it's it's not you can look up after, you know, months, after a year and be really disappointed and really sad about where you are and feel really unfulfilled. And you'll have those feelings of guilt and shame and and just kind of disappointment. And there's no need to, to feel that way. And that's that's what's really exciting about this is this can enable you to align with what's important to you and to really be the parent you want to be, be the partner you want to be, be the the business owner you want to be, be the manager you want to be, whatever it might be, within within a mindset, within an approach that hits the numerical targets you need to hit, that that gets you where you need to be, but also doesn't make you feel like you sacrificed your values, you sacrificed what you care about, you sacrificed who you are to get there. Because that's that's not going to be a satisfying 
way to achieve your goals. Not at all. And that's why I, I talk about beat staying in your comfort zone, of course, right? So um, that then goes along with knowing our priorities is knowing what my boundaries are. See, the, the things that we're talking about are what I believe or should be taught from kindergarten up, right? What are your core values? What do you believe in? What, what do you, maybe as a child, you know, as a, as a parent is teaching values as a right or wrong, but then it's teaching a child as they get older to be able to evaluate those values. What is still important to you? What do you still believe is a deal breaker? And then incorporating inside that circle, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? Not us imposing onto that child what we hope that they would do, right? But what do you feel drawn to do? What do you feel guided to do? What is inspiring you? And teaching kids how to expand that zone of what feels good to them rather than this old-fashioned, very gorilla-like mindset of if you want anything, it's outside of your comfort zone. How could that possibly be true? I mean, honestly, God, we here, we're all unique. You know, God, we were created divinely with unique gifts and talents, but ignore those divine talents and step outside where you have no idea what you're doing, but then latch on to some other human being as your God who will then guide you in how to be like them. That's That resonates so strongly. And something that maybe you didn't say explicitly, but I really heard in what you said is there will be times when there is conflict between the various priorities that you might have. And especially when we think to, you know, if we're establishing with kids certain expectations of behavior, certain ways of being, there will be a time when honesty maybe comes in conflict with kindness. And um, I know that's a lesson that many of my nieces and nephews have have learned over time. You know, you don't have to go up to somebody and, and tell them um, <laughs> things that are true about them that are not necessary for them to hear. <laughs> and it is important throughout our lives. You know, I can think of so many silly examples of, of when people are kids. Uh, but throughout our, the course of our entire lives, there are times when our values come in conflict with each other. And when you have priorities, when you have established boundaries and expectations, you can say kindness is always going to trump honesty. And so I'm not going to be dishonest when that would be unkind, but I'm also not going to be overly honest and, and blunt in ways that will hurt people. And it's not difficult necessarily. It just requires that planning ahead and, and thinking through and really understanding the complexity that's involved in and thinking about these things. And if you're just kind of mindlessly parroting something that you've heard before and not really thinking through what it means and, and what the complexities are, you're quickly going to run into those situations where one thing conflicts with the other. And what most often happens if you don't have priorities, if you haven't established your boundaries and, and your standards in advance, it's going to be what mood are you in today? <laughs> what do you feel like doing? What's the easiest right now? That that's not going to be too complicated, not going to be too hard. And I, I don't know that I've ever made a decision based on what was easy and my mood of the day that I was super, super proud of the next day. You know, sometimes you might luck out and it was the right thing to do, but quite often we're tired and we just go with the least complicated, the, the lowest level of conflict. And a lot of times what what you're really happy with, what you're really successful with in life is is hard in some ways. It requires effort in some ways. It requires intention in some ways. And that's not likely going to happen if you're just going to the lowest common denominator. It doesn't mean, again, living outside your values and, and pushing outside your comfort zone, but it's it's doing things that you want to do and intend to do and, and making that progress. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better than what you just said. So when it comes to these priorities, what is the process? I'd just love to hear, and, and maybe you have some examples, or maybe you can tell me that this doesn't make sense as a question, but I can see that a lot of times it would feel like you've got a priority A1 and a priority A1.1. <laughs> I mean, these are not categories that you can say, oh, you know, well, 
my my family is important, so I guess my business just doesn't matter, <laughs> right? And that's a that's a silly example, but certainly when you identify these non-business related priorities and how high they are on the list for some people, that might kind of scare them. That might kind of feel like, well, I, I wish that I could make my family my priority, but realistically, you know, I have to have food on the table. I have to pay the bills. So I'm not able to achieve that. So how does that prioritization work when people really feel like I can't align my behavior, my activities to the priority list that I've established? Well, Elizabeth, I, I hate sounding like Pollyanna, but to be perfectly honest, there's never been an experience that I've guided somebody through where they weren't able to get into alignment. What's what keeps people out of alignment is what I said, having everything in the jumble drawer of the mind. They start pulling it out. If you say to somebody, if you could only do one thing, like literally in this moment, you have a choice to do one thing. What would it be? They could always say, my priority is this. So I'm going to do this and, you know, let the chips fall where they may for the rest of it. So it's, it's that sort of situation. So as I mentioned before, I sometimes have mompreneur clients who say their number one priority has to be bringing money in because oftentimes they're a single mom. I have lots of mompreneur clients who are single moms and they'll say, I love my children. And in order to be able to take care of them the way I want to, yes, they're my first priority, Making money is one of the activities to taking care of my kids. So it's still on there taking care of their kids, but it's an activity. And then it also happens to serve their business. So one goal, one activity can serve more than one priority. But that's why you have to know what the priority is. And then you create your goals and your activities to fulfill that. And if it winds up fulfilling other priorities, all the better. That makes so much sense. And I don't think that sounds Pollyanna-ish at all because it really gets into that's the work, right? It's not going to just come immediately. And you'll you'll have to really think about this. You'll have to ask some serious questions of yourself. But once you do, it becomes clear. And as you said there, it is pretty intuitive that a lot of times if, if these are your real priorities and it's what really matters to you, they will relate to each other because your your whole life is connected and you can't necessarily just have, you know, a, a goal in one area that's that's completely divorced from, completely separate from something else. Instead, you're going to find that in order to accomplish one, you have to accomplish the others. You know, in earlier examples, whether it's it's you have to earn enough money to do the things that you want to accomplish, you have to have enough physical health and strength in order to do the things you want to accomplish. And you're kind of going to be forced to do that, you know, to achieve some of these targets, whether you want to or not. And so it's better to have a plan and do it intentionally than to kind of do it by mistake after <laughs> afterwards, because it it is a, almost a forcing mechanism to really achieving the the targets that you've set for yourself. You're going to find you know, I can't do that with this other thing on my calendar. I have to redo my calendar. And if you've done it in advance, it's a whole lot better than kind of that sloppy in the moment, quickly trying to get things resolved. That's that's a wonderful clarification. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So what if you have people who are listening who say, you know what, I am in the boat of I set New Year's resolutions. I'm looking at my calendar. I'm looking at my my results on that. And I haven't necessarily achieved the results that I was looking for. What would you say they should do to take their current resolutions, to take their current whatever they have? Should they should they just throw those out and start with the priority list? Or is there a way to kind of integrate the two? No, absolutely. There's a way. So, you know, clearly, if it's still on there, the first thing they want to do uh, is make sure it's not on their list out of a should. Like, you know, my TEDx talk was all about this, how to get the shoulds off your shoulders. And oftentimes we do set goals because we think that is what is expected of us. As if, you know, we're not adults, as if there's still somebody standing there disapproving of what we're doing. And so we're like, okay, I'll do better. Okay, and that's where many resolutions come from. 
I resolve to do better. Okay, well, first off, decide if that is a goal for this year that you really want to make a priority. If so, keep it. If not, take the guilt off your shoulders and throw that goal away. Because it's not it's not helping you. It's not helping anyone. And if anything, it's hurting you by having it sitting there on your shoulder going, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? Okay. So that would be where I would start. If it's still something we want to do, then we must find time in our agreements book to give it attention. So if it is losing weight, if we've attempted to lose weight before and we've dieted or taken nutritional supplements, whatever, and it's not working, then there would want to be time scheduled for more research, right? Like you talked about just doing the thing that's the easiest while we don't know what else to do. Well, why not schedule time to research why some of these things might not have worked? Research new avenues, new possibilities. That takes time. It's not going to happen when we're at our most tired point. It's not going to happen at the end of the day when we've put everything else in front of it. So that's what you do next is if you want to keep this goal, then find where it fits in the priority schedule and schedule time to make it happen. That specific element of research, I think, is something that when I talk to people, almost gets the most short shrift in terms of goal setting and planning. And yet it's one of the most critical. If you want to achieve a different result than you've achieved before, you have to figure out why haven't you achieved it before. And it can be why haven't you done the action that it would take to get a different result. You know, maybe you're doing all the right things or what you thought were all the right things and you're still not achieving the result. That's very different from I've not done the things that I think it would take to get there. And also I haven't seen results. Maybe my plan is correct and I just need to figure out, you know, if I'm not going to do that, what would I do? Right. If I put a plan together that says I'm going to run every day and I hate running, and I never go running and there's not a safe place for me to run and I don't have running clothes and all these other things that I can put in the way, I could have the most beautiful running plan ever and I'm not going to run. But if I say, okay, I want to have activity, what could I do instead? Could I climb up and down the stairs of my building? Could I join a gym? Could I, could I do all these other things? You're creating more options for yourself when you're doing this research, when you're doing this evaluation. Uh, rather than being locked in to what's the one way I thought I had to achieve this goal, which clearly, again, isn't working, or you would have achieved it already. Yeah, I exactly. It's There has to be a reason why it hasn't been done, and it's usually not enough time and attention given to considering how to accomplish it. And it should really should be a dirty word yeah. <laughs> because it's it's one of those things. If you evaluate those shoulds, I'm sure there's a lot of it that's coming from childhood, that's coming from authority figures that that you're hearing in your brain, some of whom aren't even around anymore, some of whom you've realized they weren't right when they when they told that to you. And still you think, you know, I should look a certain way. I should spend my time in certain ways. I should accomplish these goals. And you don't really have a real personal connection to it. You're just imagining, you know, that that scary authority figure with a ruler that's going to slap you on the wrist if you don't. And it's it's not a terribly effective way to achieve success. And it's also just a miserable way to live. I absolutely agree with you. Shoulds literally are crippling. And, and that's what I'm talking about. It's funny how shoulders, right, contains the word should. If you think about it, it's like, where do we hold them? In our neck, right? In our shoulders, they're a weight around our neck. I mean, it's just so interesting that that's how that word somehow got associated. But it's absolutely true. And it's absolutely true that that it either it's something we choose to do and it makes us happy and lights us up with maybe not necessarily the action being such a happy one, but the result, you know, whatever that result is, that's what we focus on. And if it is bringing us down, making us miserable, it's definitely a should and it's got to go. Yeah, because even if this, you can sometimes push through and achieve those shoulds and follow through on them to a certain point. And then when you're exhausted, 
when you're really up against the wall and and there's a situation that's come up that's, you know, whether it's a time constraint or some other constraint, the first thing that's going to fall off are the shoulds. And so you see people and they feel like, you know, I should present myself a certain way <laughs> and, you know, a certain amount, you know, way of being dressed, way of appearing in the world. And as soon as life gets crazy and they, they really feel overwhelmed, a lot of times, if, if it wasn't something that they really had a personal value around that they cared about, that they connected to, if it was just I do it because that's what my mom told me or that's what society tells me, it'll be the first thing to go. And you'll see that person in, you know, what I'm currently wearing, which is kind of sweatpants and a very, very, very comfy shirt. <laughs> and that if that is in alignment with your values and if that's something that that actually at your core you don't care about and you're more interested in being happy and being comfortable and being, you know, able to to do the things that you need to be able to do in the clothes that you're wearing or, or whatever it might be it's fine so long as it's it's intentional and it's thought through as opposed to just, you know, I should wear nice heels every day. Why? Uh, because. <laughs> and there's not a lot of foundation beneath most shoulds. It's it's really uh, it's shallow once you once you start to evaluate that there, there's not really a whole lot there. It's just and it could even be a miss understanding a misapprehension that you have and if you went back to the person that you think set that standard they'd say no no that's that's really not the most important and we we live our lives to meet these targets that nobody really cares about even the person that we thought set the target yeah absolutely i've often said uh, well i used to be one of those and was trained as a child to jump you know like don't ask just jump and that's you, know, you just respond complete response to otherwise there would be, you know, consequences, we'll say. Well, I carried that over into adulthood and then I got resentful because other people didn't act like that, right? If this is the time we're supposed to meet. I busted my butt to get here. Where are you? And and it would cost me friendships because they're like, well, you know, I didn't realize that people have different personalities, you know, young adult, nobody taught me is like, Stacy, you're the way you are because of the personality that trains you, right? Other people got trained by other personalities. But I held it like everybody should be on time. Like, it just makes life easier and it, but, 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 but. Well, one day I couldn't keep my commitment and I was so scared to call the person, and this is way years and years and years ago. I was so scared to call the person to tell them that I did because I didn't want them sitting waiting for me. And they said, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad you called. I wasn't going to be able to meet you. <laughs> and I thought to myself, and when were you planning on telling me? Right? <laughs> I would have been the one sitting there. So Elizabeth, that was when I said, you know what, from now on, I'm not busting my butt. If it doesn't work for me, I'll communicate with as much time as I can. And I have yet to have one time when I said to somebody, it's not working out, where can we reschedule? They have always said to me, oh, I'm so glad you said it's not working for me either. <laughs> Absolutely. Not anymore. I just know I'm, you know, they're trying their best they can to make it work. But they don't know that it's just easier to say, listen, can we just reschedule? Absolutely. The the number of times you have to cancel a meeting and somebody says thank you. Yeah. Is a whole lot more frequent than somebody saying, Oh my goodness, I'm so disappointed that they desperately wanted to meet with you today. And even if they did desperately want to meet with you today, they're busy. They're busy. We all have so much going on that it's it's always a relief. <laughs> and it's funny how, you know, it is respectful to to honor people's calendars and honor your commitments and communicate in advance if you can't make something. And certainly I don't think that's a value that anybody would disagree with, but we can be so rigid with ourselves and with others and we can be so judgmental. And as you said, we can damage friendships and relationships because we have these values that, or we have these these thoughts, these shoulds that don't necessarily even <laughs> align with values that don't really um, match up with what we care about. And 
it can be better to just say, you know what, I will put some of these things on my priority list. And I will say that I will do my best to be on time and I will always communicate if I'm going to be late. But I recognize that life happens. And if things need to change, I will be the first to communicate. And that's how I will be living out my value, even when one specific element of it can't necessarily be achieved. And it's it's when you have those that clarity, that prioritization, that that understanding that that creates a space for much more flexibility. It seems like it would be rigid, but it's actually creating that option to to make changes because I have a strong sense of of the why behind it. I have a strong sense of, you know, what what it took to get these to set these goals and to get to where I am. And so if I need to make a change, I'm making an intentional change. I'm I'm choosing something proactively rather than having it imposed on me by circumstance. And that's a that's a much more powerful place to come from and really can lead to such such comfort in the decisions that you make. All the way back to that story you shared a bit ago about your friend that's going to be in town and and you've realized you probably won't be able to see them this time. You can make that decision with confidence, knowing that it aligns with your values, knowing that you've You've set up the relationship with your friends such that they understand your values and they understand your priorities and they're not going to be deeply offended by it because they know that you set you set lists and you you have things on your calendar. And maybe you even communicate that as part of the message. It, it's a it's a, just a much more complete system, much more um, integrated than a lot of times when we're we're just kind of shuffling along, scrambling. I don't, I don't even want to use the word shuffling. Shuffling is slow. <laughs> a lot of times we're scrambling along and and that's that's chaotic and stressful for everyone involved. So what can we do to just not and and to make things make sense and be be simpler? So thank you. Thank you so much for this um, this entire conversation, Stacey. I feel like I have some new tools for myself in when I am looking at, at setting goals and developing plans. And I know our listeners will benefit as well. Well, I was so glad. And, and it's been, it's always a joy to talk with you. It's so easy. Time just flies by. Um, and I, I'm sure the people who are listening are like, oh my God, they're the same person. And it's like, yeah, we see that Elizabeth and I see the world exactly the same way. And the way we see it makes life really easy for us and the people that we teach our, our tips to. I, I know you care as much as I do that people have a satisfying life that they're able to make sales and that they achieve their goals the easiest way possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So there are some questions that I always ask at the end of the episode. One thing that I'd really love to hear about is, are there any trends that you're keeping an eye on, whether it's in kind of behavior and, and expectations or it's in finance and markets or, or just kind of anywhere? Um, what are the What are the things that you're paying attention to as we're still looking forward to this new year? Well, let's see, trends. <laughs> I, I guess I'm saying, and at the risk of sounding egotistical, I'm just setting my own trends, which is to get people back into their comfort zone. So I know I sound like a broken record, but that's that's my mission right there. And And every time that I see someone stand up and say, I'm doing it my way, I don't care. The, it was just on a call with a group of powerful women. And we we're talking about this very thing that's no longer that we have to hide or apologize for who we are, whatever perceived disabilities or weaknesses we've had. You know, it's just we just don't focus on those anymore. You focus on on the contribution. So I would say that's one trend that I'm I'm sure lots of people. You know, you could call it the diversity and inclusion conversation. I call it focusing on the positive that each person brings, you know, and, and within ourselves. So the trend of acceptance and being in alignment with ourselves and then finding people who line up with our mission and our purpose, that could be another trend. Another trend would be, you know, we talked a bit about research, people taking the time to research, not just accept what other people say, research the history of how things came to be and decide if you really want to be in alignment with all of it or not. Social media, I think the trend in social media is people becoming less spammy 
and more personal. I hope so. Anyway. Yes. I, I truly hope so in that particular case. So I, I think that's, that, that's what I'm looking at this year. That's, that's wonderful. I cannot disagree with anything that you said there. And I think certainly that, that element of just um, understanding and connection and, and really intentionality comes through in everything that you say and, um, and is, a, is a key element of your work. And so um, really enjoy hearing more about it. Do you have any resources that you would recommend to our listeners? I know you mentioned earlier um, your TEDx talk, and you mentioned um, some some resources that you have on your website. Um, it could be resources of yours or something that you've taken advantage of over the years, something, uh, you know, a tool or resource that you've learned from that you feel other people should learn about if they're not familiar with it. Well, not going to should, but I, I will say that to reach me and to contact me on any of my social media sites and to get my free courses is just go to Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y Ann A-N-N H-A-L-L Stacy Ann Hall dot com and you can read an excerpt from my latest book Selling from Your Comfort Zone you can get my free course Eight Steps to a Sale you can learn about my um, study groups there and uh, other resources that I recommend. And stay in contact with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook are my primary places. Perfect. Well, thank you again for this time that we've spent together today. Stacey, I have really enjoyed it, and I know our listeners have as well. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be in the studio with you, Elizabeth. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 368. If you enjoyed the show, please recommend us to a friend. That's the best way to help more people discover it. And if you haven't yet subscribed, you can do that for free wherever it is that you're listening right now. We love feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or email us if you've got direct feedback, questions, suggestions of guests that we should talk to podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook and the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ryland Sylvester. What are you doing to drive sales today?